Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is the 16th of August. A very good morning to everybody. The Matildas, well, they are front and centre. They take their place in history tonight when they're in a semi-final up against the English for a chance to take on Spain in the World Cup Women's Final this weekend. Boy, oh boy, haven't they stolen the hearts of the nation. The most viewed event since Cathy Freeman's 2,400 metre run. They've smashed every record on ratings and merchandise across this world and what they've done is they've given us all hope. Uh, a great news story. They play tonight at 8 o'clock and we wish them the best of luck. We've got a very big show for you this morning. We'll catch up with Tash Johnson. We're going to talk with Marcella Angus Stud Principal Reese Inner. Cyril Close will join us. Steve Wicks from the Australian Whip Cracking Association. And what is going on with our regional and remote internet? You won't believe the studies that have come up. Big show for you. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers, and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. Let's get into it. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, let's start the show. A really important chat. Uh, Drought Angels CEO and founder. Tash Johnson joins us this morning. Hello, Tash. How are you? I'm good, Ben. Thanks for having me again. Oh, great to have you on board. I haven't spoken to you for ages. On the 25th of August, the humble Flano will be making a comeback as thousands of Australians, from school children to actors, entertainers and corporate executives, swap uniforms and suits for the nation's favourite checkered shirt. Now, oh, I love this. Now, this is a great initiative um, that has happened. The Flano for a Farmer is the brainchild of the Drought Angels and it will provide financial and emotional assistance. I mean, we're dry again, would you believe it? We, we, you know, It's only been two years and as night turns to day, we're dry again and this is a way that we can really help support. Yeah, Ben, absolutely. We're, um, we are so excited to launch our, our first Flano for a Farmer campaign. We have, um, it's actually the brainchild of one of our farmers, believe it or not. So um, thanks to one of the farmers that we assisted, he came up with this idea. Yep. And I think it, it really resonates with everybody. Um, you know, everybody loves a flannel this time of year to keep warm so we can help, you know, show some gratitude and warmth to our farmers by putting on our flannels and um, showing them some love and support. The numbers are, are harrowing um, and, and I've got to talk about this. One primary producer commits suicide every 10 days. And it's not acceptable. Now, by, by raising a few dollars wearing your finest flano on August the 25th, and this is throughout regional Queensland, it's going to happen in the metropolitan areas as well, it's going to be something of an absolute <clears throat> um, game changer because the money that we can raise, you know, is something substantial. Now, you guys work day and night to try and make this happen. How do we support it and how do you register and, and what's the way to, to then donate and get money? Yeah, Ben, it is really important. Um, you know, the, uh, Drought Angel started off the back of, of a farmer's suicide and you know, my goal and aim has always been to save lives and remind our farmers how important and precious they are to each and every one of us. And there is always someone to turn to and that's what Drought Angels is here for, for our farmers to turn to you know, in their time of need. So you can register for Flano for a Farmer by heading to flanoforafarmer.com.au. 
Uh, you can register as an individual or as a, a business, as a team. You can hold, you know, it could be a morning tea in the workplace. It could be guessing the lollies in the jar. Um, you can hold a morning tea at home. Whatever you, you know, want to do or need to do to help raise money for our farmers, you can get people to sponsor you to wear the flannel. There's so many different ideas. People are having a garage sale and the, the sky's the limit with ideas, but it's, it's all around, you know, putting on the flannel, raising some funds for our farmers and, and having fun and remembering and appreciating the work that our farmers do to put the food on our table. Yeah, such a great call. Um, and you're right. Talk to me about um, just drought angels. And this is on the flannel for the farmers on the 25th of August, 2023. And you can go on their website. But how hard has it been, Tash? I mean, seriously, this just continues to to to, to happen. It, you know, the drought, families in need, and it never stops. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, Ben. That's right. Um, no, no, it doesn't. Um, you know, I think I'm at a black hole at the moment, and we you know we're doing some work out here on farms around the black hole area and talking to our farmers. There is always sort of a challenge, but. They never want to be seen as complaining or anything like that. It's just sometimes it's just that hand up and reminder to them that they aren't alone, they are valued and, you know, how important they are to to everybody. And, you know, I think for us it's just being there and reminding them that and keep reminding them so that they don't forget, you know, in a time of darkness, hopefully drowners can walk alongside them and, you know, help them come out the other side to the light and get them through those difficult times. Um, what can we do? It's not just a flannel for a farmer. It's it's everybody listening because if if one of us is in a bad way, we want to help. How do people go about it? And you guys have been absolutely iconic in in the direction you've gone with it. But what can we do? I think as you know, people every day. I think when you when you go to the grocery shop, you know, make sure you're buying Australian. Always buy the Australian produce over anything else because that's supporting our farmers. Making those conscious decisions. Go to the farmers markets if you live in the city and support the local farmers who are who are growing in your area or have come to your area with their produce. You know they're directly getting those funds. There's no third party involved. Yeah. Um, so there is lots of different ways, but always support Australian wherever you can. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, a lot of people will obviously be be very much involved in in what is going to take place and 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 obviously there's going to be some really big big companies come out with flannel for a farmer it when the money the big thing about you guys the money goes straight back in it's not like you guys are taking and a lot of other charities and i, I say this with the deepest respect there's always a question mark um with you guys it's completely different it, it it's everything you earn goes back in yeah, everything goes towards you know helping our farmers. We you know we have operational costs like every yeah, business, sure. but you know we we are very conscious and um, you know make sure that everything we can possibly get to our farmers goes to our farmers. It all goes there, whether it's direct or indirect. Um, it's all about you know supporting our team and our staff and um, our farmers all at the same time. You know we have our staff who are our angels on the phone or our angels on the road who are out there visiting our farmers and. We are just really conscious of, you know, making that effort to that your dollar is going where it is, and that's to support our farmers. And um, yeah, yeah I great just, flag. I'm so passionate about that. Great flag. Um, Flano, Flano for farmers uh, is on the 25th of August, 
and it is a day that will thank and help uh, and keep food on the tables for people who keep food on ours. It's a very, very big flag. Really appreciate your time. As usual, Drought Angels, uh, Tash Johnson, thank you so much for being with us this morning on Rural Queensland today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again, Ben. And, yeah, I hope everyone has a happy Flano Day. Yeah, so do I. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. We're going to come back with some rural news. I'm going to talk about internets. You wouldn't believe some of the studies that have come out. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, you're with Ben Dobbin. And look, I've got to talk about this from a regional perspective. I'm going to get to the Matildas in a second and how important tonight is. But there was an article written this morning by Matt Killeran um, in the Courier Mail that says that only one regional area in Queensland meets or exceeds the national average for digital access, with others falling well behind. Now, this is in relation to the internet and to uh, business in regional Queensland and whether or not we have the best internet. We've talked about it for many, many times. Townsville is the only regional area in Queensland meeting the national average for digital access, with western parts of this state well, well behind. Affordability, network congestion and a lack of understanding about connectivity are among the big issues that need to be tackled. Now, the regions and the southeast are struggling, and industry leaders have had a gutful of it. Communication Minister Michelle Rowland said the government was investing $400 million to expand mobile coverage and $200 million in connectivity solutions for regional areas. Well, David Coleman said, the opposition said Queensland were being shortchanged with just four of the 54 locations receiving funding from the Albanese government, black spot, mobile black spot. I'm going to repeat that. Four out of 54 locations have been receiving funding from the Albanese government and the mobile black spot program being located in the state. I mean, seriously. Remote Indigenous communities, Arakoon, Mornington, Dumaji, have the worst digital access in the state. The worst. The Australian Digital Inclusion Index said while Queensland towns like Quilpie, the Barku, Barcaldon, Longreach and Richmond were also right behind. So those towns, Quilpie, which we know, but the Barku, Barcaldon, Longreach, Richmond, all well behind the national average. Yet we want people to live there, we want people to grow there, we want businesses to grow there. We want pastoralists and families to actually want to live there and, and do their business there. The Australian Digital Inclusion Index, a research collaboration between research collaboration between Remit and Swinburne University and Telstra, gives a rating on digital access to local government areas between zero and 100. And that is quite unbelievable. The national average is 72 out of 100. And it was met or equal by most cities in the southeast as well as Townsville. But Longreach, Barcaldon and Richmond were 16 points behind the national average. Well, Arakoon rated 34 out of 100. That's just not good enough. The issues with affordability, network congestion and understanding uh, were also available. Now, there is a lot of paid mobile network towns, which causes congestion that makes it difficult for people to use their phones or internet. Now, it can be 
streaming can also cause it. Well, what else would they do? Competition amongst telcos in regions would address the affordability issue, and that's one area that I think the government needs to look at. The government was spending $2.4 billion for an expand on the full fibre MBN to 1.5 million premises. Upgrades needed to the fixed line MBM complement the work and expand fixed lines and make it uncapped for the bush. Now, while four locations in Queensland, East Douglas, Emerald, Corunda and Upper Stone received funding in the most recent round of mobile black spot programs, there are also 27 locations that didn't. Regional Queenslanders are being shortchanged by the Albanese government when it comes to funding for mobile coverage. Well, I don't think any of us disagree with that. We've all known that. But this bush summit that the Courier Mail are running, and well done to Matt Killer, and it, it, you know, to, to flag this, it, it is quite unbelievable. Quite unbelievable. Labor, are they losing their grip? Well, you know, it, it's quite unbelievable. We've got this school issue as well going on about these Queensland state schools on the brink of closure. Nine trending towards no students by 2027. There are nine state schools regionally that are on the brink of extinction because of families not being there. The lifeblood. Several rural and remote schools are facing enrolment extinction and have been slated for closure. Like, come on. Now, they might not mean, you know, they might not mean everything to anybody else, but schools at the risk. Orion State School between Ralston and Springshaw. Mount Whitestone, Mount Fox, Mackinade, Millaroo, Mundaree, Galugaba, Hamilton Island and Birdsville. Dozens, dozens are tracking towards having five kids or less. Bush families, 13 state schools have closed in the past decade, including Mackenzie River, Toowoomba South, and it has triggered concerns about the impact it has on small towns. Now, the Pat Murphy is the Queensland Association of State School Principals President. Declining numbers, fewer preschools enrolments were identified. However, he said schools would be kept open to ensure the services as possible. But what happens if there's no kids? Well, they're looking at this remote Queensland school enrolment trends and dozens of rural and regional schools are trending to having no kids in 2027, and that's off the back of, right, and I mean this, that's off the back of absolutely not supporting the bush. It is about time now that we have a look at this and that the government stop absolutely worrying about metropolitan areas and looking at this. This no vote is starting to lose Labor's grip. And we know that. We can see now that, unfortunately, the Albanese government has absolutely, in a lot of ways, really come up to a dead end. They're now talking about trying to trial the Indigenous voice in Parliament by enlisting Aboriginal representatives to attend a national ALP conference in Brisbane that starts tomorrow. I mean, seriously. Seriously, I I mean... the Aboriginal delegates could have the right to advise on all motions of concern put to the conference. 
Does he not get this? Does Anthony Albanese not get what he is doing? It is very, very concerning, the trend that he is taking. I have had enough. You have had enough. The conference is dominated by left delegates and be falling over themselves to agree, no doubt. Um, and so we'll be interested to see. So the 49th Labor National Conference is the first in Australia since the 1970s, and surprise, surprise, they're having it here. God Almighty, God help us. We are in a mess at the moment like nothing else. And uh, I am very, very concerned about the future at this moment. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, Marcella Angus, stud principal, Reese Innes, joins us this morning. Been a regular on the show for many years, and Marcella Angus has their annual sale on the 26th of August at the Gamery Showgrounds. Um, this is a premier, premier stud, and their sixth annual sale. And not only will there be Angus Bulls available, but Brangus and the Ultra Black Bulls sale. And he joins us this morning. Uh, Reese, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Thanks very much for having me. Firstly, mate, how's your season? Um, obviously, you know, across Queensland, it's been a little bit up and down, but um, you, you, you've obviously worked very, very hard um, with your bulls. How's your season been? Yeah, it's, it's pretty dry at the moment, Ben. Um, yeah, could certainly do with a early storm, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's, we've still got plenty of dry feed. It's just... Um, just need a shower now. Uh, what a year um, it's been, you know, from highs and lows. Um, but the, the bull sales roll on and we talked earlier and, and, and you've got a real opportunity here with people going and purchasing 50 quality bulls um, on August the 26th at 1pm at the Gamery Showgrounds. Oh, you, your focus has been clear for many, many years. You know, they've got to be able to sustain and get out and get the job done. And, and, and it's in the DNA and it's in, it's in the genetics of what you've done. What are these bulls like and what would people say when they walk into the yard and look at these bulls for this year? Yeah, hopefully consistency, Ben. Um, yeah. we're, we're trying to get better every year and um, I think you can see that through the, through the middle of the draft this year. They're, yeah. um, they're certainly very even right through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's hopefully something they'll say is consistency. Yeah, and that's the big thing as well. I mean, the cow herd is exceptional. The genetics in your cow herd is as as good as it gets, and and that goes back, you know, from double D's and and some of the some of the genetics where you've gone to, and you you've really gone um, heavy. But these these bulls, they can handle they can handle tick, they can handle fly. And that they can handle a dry time, and and so they're adaptable. You talk about where they're bred, you know, through around Gamery, they can go anywhere in Queensland, and you know that they're going to get the job done, and that's been proven. Yeah, that's something we're we're pretty proud of, Ben. Where they're, they're bred here on forest grasses, and and they've got to put up with cattle ticks and buffalo fly and everything else we throw at them here. Um, yeah, we're really proud of our cow line there. They're very, uh, very resilient, and um, yeah, the bulls they're producing, we're, we're very, very happy with. Yeah, and and look, you can go on and 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 you can get the catalogue. Shepherdson and Boyd, the agents uh, for this, and obviously um, there is there is a lot of detail Either on Facebook. You know, you can find Marcella Angus. You can go go there and see it. And catalogues 
are available online at uh, angusaustralia.com.au. But you can also talk to Reese, and, and that's the thing, Reese. You want to talk to your clients. You know, if people have got questions, or Amy, you know, you both are available for questionings. And if people have got concerns, you want to hear them, and that's the big thing. You want to help people with their herds, and obviously. A lot of the time, people are like, well, what do you think? And, and that's something that you guys pride yourself on, is being able to find the right bull for the right cow herd. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. No, Amy and I are always open um, to give us a call or drop in and see us. We're on the, on the highway here, so it's easy to find. And um, Yeah, we're always happy to show people around and show them our cows and whatever they want to see, we're, we're open for them to view. Yeah, that, that that's a big thing. I mean... Your cow herd speaks volumes. Um, the, the bulls uh, guarantee all soundness. They're, they're, they're completely sound and they're guaranteed. Um, the delivery of bulls will be coordinated by Shepherdson and Boyd um, with local carriers on the sale, sale day. Um, you know, and look, bulls are vaccinated with three germ blood, seven in one for three-day sickness. This year's sale bulls have been semen and morphology tested. So, you know, you've got no dramas with that. And all the breed plan and genetic information are there. It, it is a premier, premier stud, Marcella Angus and Brangus, and and obviously fifty bulls, the Brangus bulls. They're, they're coming into into there now as well, Reese. So this is uh, another acquisition to your stud. Yeah, Ben. No, we're really happy with the Brangus and Ultra Black bulls. It's something that we've been breeding for quite a while, but um, yeah, now we're starting to get a few numbers. Yeah, um, really happy with there. IMFs as well with the Brangus and Ultra Blacks plus the Angus. We've got 26 bulls over 6% and nine bulls over 7%. So we're ecstatic with that. Um, sort of heading in the way we want. People can target those premium markets and yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's that's awesome. what we're trying to achieve. No, it's awesome. Um, the 26th of August, 1 p.m. Gamari Showgrounds. People from 10 o'clock can obviously inspect the bulls. And um, you, you know Marcella Angus um, and Brangus Stud is elite. Um, you know, you've got Reese and Amy Ennis who are just doing a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job. And you can get in contact, go to their Facebook page, all their details there. Um, you know, Angus Australia, it's all there as well on the website as well. Well done, mate. Um, I can't wait to talk to you post-match. I, I know how how much time and effort and, and dedication you give to this and what an important part of the DNA it is for yourself and Amy, so it's a really important thing, and, and I think a lot of people listening understand just how passionate you are about it. This is on the 26th of August at 1pm, Gamiri Showgrounds. Appreciate your time this morning, mate. Thanks very much, Ben. Thanks very much for having me. Good on you. Rural Queensland today. Cyril Close joining us this morning from Top X Roma and uh, Top X Australia, the managing director and owner. He joins us this morning, a tick over 4,000 head at the weekly Roma store and prime sale. Cyril, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, good to be here, mate. Uh, it's a big day, Matilda's Day, and fingers crossed for the girls at the end of the day. How was the market yesterday? Yeah, rallied along okay, mate. So, you know, where they're being egotistical about it, but you know, when you only get back, you sort of, you know, around that four thousand head, you, you you better lines of cattle sort of aren't around. But there was a couple of really good lines of calves there yesterday. Wien was there, and um, from up around Injun, and then some from down Miles Way. They sold to a solid market those Wieners, and um, but the, the second rate steers on the day were just softer um, in a, in a few of the different weight categories. But the, yeah, just the second rate cattle were just off the pace a bit. 
heifers were strong right through all categories uh, and overall the cow market was was firm uh, with the top end of sort of $2.30 for some big heavy yielding uh, cows that came in from the west. So, um, yeah, overall, like a firm market but, but with a bit of softening in, in some of that steer portions. There is always there is always a lot going on um, in the market, but last week the heifers across Queensland, little heifers were extremely cheap. Wherever you went, um, every market had its fall. Did we see a an improvement in that, or are they still where the area of, of growth is needed? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're not great, mate. They just it's just you know, I suppose you get. You get uh, conditioned to what's going on, mate, and uh, it's just nice for a week for it not to fall away too much. So the heifer job was on a par with last week. It didn't change too much. It certainly wasn't any dearer, mate, but it just found it held its ground. Um, so, yeah, there's still some sub-$2 uh, prices in those little light-end heifers, unfortunately, and um, and uh, in the heavy, but then the heavy end of the you know, mate, they're $2.70 and then through the $3 in, in categories that, that, you know, suit that trade trade market. When you when you're looking at um, different markets and how how to go about it, what w- what are you seeing, mate? At the moment, is the best option is the feeder job right, or is it just holding on, or is it trying to spec on a few of these lighter cattle? What is the direction for somebody who's you know they've they've sold some cattle, they don't know which is the way to go forward, in your opinion? Yeah, well, it seems to be. Uh well, my personal opinion probably differs a little bit, of course. That's typical of me, mate. But um, the the feeder job sitting pretty solidly at around about that three dollar forty mark. Um, but don't forget now we're punching quickly through the year, and we're not going to be far away from that hundred day mark at Christmas. So there'll be a correction there with it as we come up to that, which is not far away. Um, just and that'll be short lived, of course. Um, we hope. But uh, so it's sitting at three forty. Winners. Your good weaner steers, you can buy them for $3.40 yesterday. Like you can buy the best of the calves there for 3 to 40 to 50 So you've got, you know, like for like in that uh, in that steer market, but you can also shop along and, and buy steers and sort of pick up a 40 or 50 cent gain um, if you shop along. Uh, and then the heifer market, as we spoke about in the last few weeks, well, there's nearly a dollar gain there, mate, on buying them and what you can sell them for in, in, in the next category up. So... Uh, and the cow market, the store cow market, well, no one's got enough feed to do the store job, but it's, you know, dollar sixty to dollar seventy for a store cow and we're talking two dollars, you know, not say two thirty, but you'll get two fifteen or two twenty for your for your prime prime cow on, on a current. So, the, the, so the, there is there is some margin there in which you can do in, in that sense. Yeah, it's and it's effort's probably the is where the biggest pickup is in that as we've been talking about, is in that heifer job. Yeah, and it's an interesting mindset to have because it's not conventional, um, but it's profitable. And, 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 and I suppose in a lot of ways people are looking at it going, okay, what is the way forward, you know, for our business? How do we, how do we go about generating more money long term? Um, and, and this is something where you have to pivot in these moments, Cyril, like you, you can in Last year and the year before, they were great times, but no matter what you put in the pen, it sold, you know, there was a demand. But now it's a bit more strategic and if you do sit down with your agent and and like you would be doing with your clients and and your boys would be doing, um, you can pivot, you can just look at, you know, you don't have to throw all the bathwater out, but a little bit and then, you know, have a dabble in another way and then you, you, you sort of, your income streams are differing a little bit and you're not all in one basket, which... 
it's great in 22, but in 23, it, it, it needs to, you need to be a bit more adaptable. Yeah, mate, and I say, like, I mean, we'd love to be having those conversations with some clients at the moment, mate, because we've just got no grass around here. So we're not doing much buying. We're not much help in the marketplace on a weekly basis because of our, of our clientele, a, a big breeder clientele, and, and we have a handful of traders, and none of those have got any feed. So, uh, and I mean, I mean that seriously, there's not a lot of excess feed out there. So, but the thing about Roma or Dolby or wherever else, you know, they're a supermarket, and you can go into the supermarket and you can pick up, and they're there every week. And if you're open, you've got your eyes open, there's, a, there's an opportunity to trade there every week, no matter when, mate. So, you're spot on in saying that, that, that there are opportunities, but you just got to keep your, don't put the blinkers on, I suppose, just keep uh, keep a broad approach. Yeah, and that that is one of the real things to do, have a broad approach. Um, only 4,000 head, job ticked along all right, um, and, and continue. You've got some bull sales coming up over the next month or so, Cyril, and, and throughout the network, which are always important as well. And, and we get to that time of the year where August, September, October are very much that bull season and, and where people, you know, obviously need to replace or, or have a look and, and some of the, the elite studs are, are under your under the Top X banner. Yeah, mate, it's going to be a different year. It's going to be like this, um, you know, commercial in the store market, mate. It's going to be that uh, they can people can be selected this year, and they won't have to be paying uh, the averages that they paid in the last couple of years. Uh, they, it's already seen. We've already seen that in that Angus job in the south. Uh, there's there's been a, a reduction there, and it's not it's not disastrous, mate. But um, there's a number of factors in amongst that. Is it? The market's changed, but also the seasons are pretty marginal. I'm talking to a few of those New South Wales agents here at the Echo last week, and their seasons have just crashed down there from what they're saying. And um, there's some uh, Andrew Pittman from Maurice, they're already in the 2019 scenario in that district. So that's going to hurt in um, in the you know in the demand for the bulls, uh, the better bulls and the better genetics. Uh, in no matter what breed, are going to they'll hold their own. Uh, but I do think we'll see some changes in some clearances and, and definitely in some averages, mate, for sure. Yeah, it's a really good flag. Hey, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. I, I do know that places like Scone and throughout there are in a hell of a mess as well. So um, you're yeah. right. Um, just it, it, It's just a, a really, really um, you know dry time again. We need some rain sooner rather than later. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, mate. Good on you. Uh, Cyril Close, Rural Queensland today. We'll take a break, come back with more across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. One of the great things that is happening um, is the Australian whip-cracking titles for the first time ever are being held at the ECA. Steve Wicks, Australian Whip-Crackers and Platters Association, joins us this morning. Steve, good morning and thank you so much for being with us on Rural Queensland today. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having us. How good that the whip-cracking titles are taking place at the ECA. Um, it all takes place on the 20th of, of August, um, Twenty all through August. 40 entrants, am I right in saying that, with 20 titles? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, we've got record numbers, so it's good. So how... <laughs> How does how does one become and join whip cracking competitions? How, start me from the beginning. How does this happen? Well, um, I'll, I'll take my son for example. He um, he watched a, a busker uh, doing whip cracking at the Campbell Country Music as a six year old. Yeah, he's he's thirty two now, and um, kids just love it. Like they just 
like the sound. They like um, hearing the whip break the sonic boom, and um, I think they're just mesmerised. I, I, I agree with you. I first heard and learned how to crack a stock whip. It was one of those things that you always wanted to learn, and then once you got one, nothing better than than cracking a stock whip. Talk to me about what will take place. 40 entrants from peewees, um, the under-8s, to the juveniles, to the juniors and to the over-45s. Um, all these will take place using Australian stock whips. Um, yeah, mate. Well, our, our youngest competitor, Ben, is only 18 months old. Now, our oldest competitor is 67. So it's for anybody. Anybody can um, crack a stock whip could get into the um, – the uh, state title, and then once you qualify for a state title, then you, you're more than um, ready to go into the um, major Australian title. Mate. What's the way? Is it practice? Is it is it practice? Because, you know, there's one thing to crack a stock whip off a horse, right? But to be able to crack it, you know, with three cracks in the air on the way down and all that, is that getting taught or, or is it just trial and error? Mate, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of effort goes in behind the scene. It's like any any discipline. If you go to Olympic diving, for example, that's, that's whip cracking. You, the hours that go in behind the scene to perfect their routine. Yeah. Um, and as you said, so, some of these whips, every time they break the sonic burn, they could be cracking three times um, in one revolution. So to get the timing and coordination... Uh, there's a lot of hours of practice that goes in. Yeah, and and it's very clear that that that's the way forward. It, you know, there's no two ways about it. It, it. it is a really important part of what you guys do. So, all right, what day? How does it happen? And and, and who's the favourite in the seniors? All right, so we've got um, the twentieth of um, this month uh, on the Sunday is uh, where the Australian titles take place. I reckon the Peewees is going to be a hard one. Uh, we've got young Harry Bartlett as Queenslander and we've got Georgia and uh, Abby Sozu. Abby Sozu ran uh, second last year and young Hen- uh, Harry Bar- uh, Bartlett from Queensland. I'll tell you what, he goes all right, then you'd be pretty impressed with this I reckon kid. I would be. Yeah, I uh, in, in, in the juveniles, mate, we've got five states represented. We've got Edward Wibley in New South Wales, Oliver Jordan Northern Territory, Josh Lamp in Queensland, Gian um, Demetaro from Queensland, Bo Jervis Victoria, Braxton Bartlett Queensland. Mate, it's going to be a top field of good kids. Um, my favourite is probably young Bo Jervis for Victoria. Yep. Um, he, 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 he just jumped out of the peewee section but geez, if this kid can crack a whip. Um, can do all the hard routines as well. In the juniors, uh, Jackson Kirko is a Queenslander. Georgia Wibley's a New South Wales, and Jeff Jarvis is um, is a Victorian. And I, I can't pick this one. This one's going to be really tight. Um, um, all of them can do the adult tricks, so I think that, you know I'd hate to be, pick a favourite in that one. In the ladies, unbelievable field. Brooke Wick, she's the top of Queensland. She's won eight Australian titles in the ladies. Yep. Georgia Pittman um, is going to be putting a pressure on her. Uh, Gabby Wooler from Queensland. Uh, Katie Sozu from uh, New South Wales. Narelle Wicks from New South Wales. Uh, my favourite um, is the daughter, Brooke, but I tell you, Georgia and Gabby are going to put the pressure on her. I love this. In the men, 
Um, hard one, mate. James Scott coming in with um, the last two Australian titles over Daniel Wicks by two points. Um, so Daniel Wicks, he's won 18 Australian titles. Um, he's probably you know, starting he's to age best. a bit now. He's the best, though. He's the best. He goes all right, mate. Um, um, hopefully. I mean, you've got young Henry Pittman. He, he's from Bathurst in New South Wales. Um, Henry's won about six Australian titles over his time in Whipcracking as a junior and juvenile. In the other 45s, Graham Jones from Camden in uh, Sydney. He'll, he'll be probably one of the favourites. He's a 67-year-old and he's still cracking the stock whip. Wowee. Wowee. And the World Bullock Whip title, mate, we've got a field of 11. Um, Daniel Wicks has won nine straight in the world title. Um, you've got uh, James Scott from Canberra. He, he'll, he'll be one of the favourites. Henry Pittman, uh, Georgia Pittman, Jackson Kirko, Georgia Wibley, Graham Jones, Gabby Wooler, Steve Wicks. It's going to be a hard one. Brooke Wicks is in there as well. Brooke's run three or four seconds yep. over her time. But um, the favourite, I think, could be Daniel Daniel Wicks. Yeah, I love it. Tell me, and and... And and we're really um, we're going. Th- how, how do people get in? How, how do people, you know, do they make their own whips or is is it talking to whip, no, whip makers any, or platters or, or how do people go about that? Anybody anybody who um, is um, involved in whip cracking know people. Um, I personally, if if you're thinking about um, you know getting a stock whip, come down have a talk to us at the show. Um, I'll give you some contact. As I said um, to you, Ben, off air, Billy Glasgow um, is one of Australia's leading whip makers. He won't rip a person off. He, he'll, he'll charge you the right price for a whip. Sometimes you, people can buy whips and they're just like a piece of rope. You can't crack them. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have a proper taper. We're lucky with our sponsors too, Ben. We've got RM Williams on board and we've got Packer Leather. Packer Leather is in Brisbane and yep. they, they sell the best leather in the world. Yeah, Lindsay Packer, he's a good man. He's a really Mate, good if, man. Yeah, if you want good leather, Lindsay Packer, yeah. yeah. It's here in Australia, the leather, yep. and um, I can certainly put you put anybody on to um, a whip maker that'll make you a good whip that'll crack. Um, you don't want to buy a rubbish whip or you, you'll be trying to flog a dead horse sort of thing. What time on, on Sunday will this take place? Mate, we're going to get underway at 10 o'clock in the Woodchop Arena. Yep, awesome. Um, and, mate, full full um, credit to the ECA as well, mate. They've, they've, they've gone out of their way to make sure that the competitors are going to have good sponsorship. Um, it's the richest whip-cracking event in the world. Uh, it's about $10,000 in prize money. Unbelievable. So, Yep, mate. Um, I love it. It is. It is. It's unbelievable. Well done, Steve. Uh, best of luck. Ten o'clock this Sunday, the Australian titles for the first time ever. Over forty entrants. You've got the World Championship as well, and the Bullock Whip title. Um, unbelievable. All Australian stock whips used across um, this competition. Uh, the Australian Whip Cracking titles this Sunday at the Ecker um, on Sunday the twentieth, starting at 10, 10 a.m. Steve Wicks, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it, Ben. Good on you, mate. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today on this Wednesday morning, the 16th of August. A very good morning and I hope everybody enjoyed the show. We're back tomorrow morning from 9am. 
Um, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are in Queensland today. Best of luck to the Matildas tonight. I know that we'll all be watching and what an unbelievable job these women have done in representing our country. A huge day in Australian sport, a huge day in women's sport, and it will take place tonight. We will keep you abreast of it tomorrow morning and what has gone on. It also, tomorrow is a significant day. The Paul Green medal is on tomorrow night with a huge, huge day um, tomorrow night when the Sharks take on the Cowboys in North Queensland. That game has significance um, wherever it is. So have a great day. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. Ray Hadley joins you next. Till next time, from all the team here, myself and everybody else from the Resonate Broadcast Network in rural Queensland today, Ben Dobbin signing off. It's bye for now.